Take a seat. Say hello to someone as you are sitting down. Have a look in front of you and behind you and around you. Thank you. Thank you. Because we're going to pray for them. And I need some air. All right. Singers just take up so much room. Let's, let's pray for those uh, around us. So the person in front, behind, and either side if they're there. And if you see someone alone, maybe over in that direction, there, you can pray for him as well. Just sitting over in the corner over there. Just, uh, just thoughts and prayers for him. You're a good man, Patrick. <laughs> let's pray. Love and God, we thank you. Uh, that you've blessed us with the people in front of us, behind us, and either side. Whether we know them or not, Lord, we're thankful that they're here. We're thankful that they want to grow in you. So bless them, Lord. Bless them with a fresh understanding of who you are. Bless them, Lord, with a, with a, a tangible experience of your presence this morning. Lord, because we come to church not to hear wise words, but to hear you. Not to just get songs that are familiar but to experience you and so loving God come and meet uh, the people around us and bless them as they bless us in Jesus name we pray amen amen well we're in a series the hope has come and we're exploring the whole concept of hope um, this Christmas and we started off at the very beginning looking at the fact that um, we all need hope. There's something in the common grace that God puts within human beings that each and every human being, whether we believe in Him or not, we need to gravitate towards hope. If we don't have hope, we perish, we diminish. And so we explored that. Uh, the uh, week after, we explored that God, uh, God's promises birth hope within us that when we when we take god's promises and we embed them within us then then it can see us through some very um very dark times it's god's promises that give us hope into the future and then last week we had the wonderful children's service and um <laughs> and Alyssa said that she needed a pay rise after <coughs> And I think she might be right. Uh, so give well. <laughs> um, and, and today we're going to be talking about the joy of hope. And I'm sorry that I've got a late night um, talk back radio voice going at the moment. I, I just woke up with an incredibly deep voice. And I decided to sing it out in the shower. And I just had this beautiful bass and it just didn't go anywhere. So if, it, if I start to sound like a teenager and my voice starts to crackle... I'm just probably going back to normal. But. So we're looking at the, the joy of Christmas and I want to put it out, the whole premise of what I want to talk about uh, this morning is that the joy of hope comes when we start to see God at work. The, the joy of hope comes when we start to see God doing something in our lives. That's where the joy comes from. Um, I just want to start off with an example. Um, 
when I was growing up, I had this uh, amazing apricot tree out in my back of my parents' place. And every summer, it is a, a firm uh, foundation in my life. Every summer, get up early, go to the beach, come home, pick a couple of dozen apricots and just gorge myself on apricots. And uh, I grew up by the beach, so that wasn't hard. And, and I loved it. And there was something about this apricot tree that it was more spectacular than any other apricot that I've ever tasted in my life. You could buy them from the shops, wooden, flavorless, terrible. You could go to other people's place and you could be given their apricots and you'd politely say that they are the best apricots you've ever tasted, but it's not true. Because the one at my mum's place was the best apricots. Now, my memory might be fading just a little. But as that tree began to die, because the tree was there way before I was born, as it began to die, I said, Mum, I've got to have a seedling of this tree. And fair enough, a couple of times, an apricot would get out of my mouth's grasp and fall to the ground and die, and there would be a couple of shoots. And she gave me this little seedling. And so I put it in a pot, and I took it to my house, and I watered this thing. And I watered this thing, and it grew. Uh, Kelly watered this thing. And... <laughs> And the truth shall set you free. Um, she does all the watering. I, I, I just... Anyway, um, and, and, and it grew a little, but it really didn't do much. And it, I reckon it was about three or four years and it had grown just a little bit in this pot. And when I became the minister at my last church, I, we took it with us. And I decided, I'm going to plant this sucker in the ground. And, and so I did. And, and it grew. Who knew? Planting pots in the plants in the ground will make things grow and and it grow and, and and it would just get leaves and then there was nothing next season leaves nothing next season leaves nothing this is went on for about five years and and i'm starting to get the scripture in my mind where where jesus curses the fig tree I'm starting to get the scripture in my mind, dig around it one more time and put manure on it and see if it can grow. I'm getting these scriptures in my mind, but there's a hope within me that this tree could give me my childhood dream. Those succulent, beautiful, moth-eaten apricots. There was always, you always had to check for worms. It was just one of those things. And then one year... A flower. I thought, all right, it's on. And there was a joy and an expectation as the flower turned into a, a little, a, a little um, fruit thing. That's the technical term, a little fruit thing. And then it falls off. I'm going, no! All this, this, this hope of what it could bring... And, and I have to wait another 12 months. And then the next year, there was a bunch of flowers. And then a bunch of fruit. And I tell you what, as soon as I saw those flowers, my joy rose in anticipation for what the, the apricots it was going to bring. And I was not disappointed. Thank you. 
I was not disappointed. But I didn't need to, to taste the apricots before my joy increased of the hope of what that tree was going to produce. All I needed to see was that there was a flower in there and my joy rose and my hope rose because I knew what was coming. I knew that sooner or later that this tree was going to produce what I knew it could produce, what I I hoped for, and my joy and my expectation rose because all I needed to see was a sign that it was going to do what I always knew it should do. All I needed was to see that flower. And now Josh Shearer is enjoying the apricots on that tree. And I said to him, I said, I I want you to to save the seeds because I want to try and grow that tree again. Because, you know, you get all these grafted, genetically modified, not this tree. This is old school apricots. And the first year he's there, he said, I'd like to give it to you, but the dog ate every single apricot on that tree. So the dog's got good tastes. So where am I going with this? I'm going through this is that our joy of hope comes not when we see God do everything, but when we start to see God at work in our lives. Our joy and our expectation rises not when we see God bring everything to, to fruition, but when we start to see the signs that God is at work in our lives. And we're going to read um, what's called the uh, uh, Mary's Song, or the um, Mag- Magnificent, is how it's mixed. And it comes from Luke's Gospel. So if you've been doing the, the reading through uh, Luke that I've encouraged you to do up to, um, up to Christmas Eve, you would have read this a while ago. It's from Luke 1, 46 to 56. So just to give you a little bit of uh, thing, the angel has visited Mary, said you're going to give birth to a a son. Uh, Mary has gone and visited her uh, her, uh, Elizabeth and uh, found out that she was pregnant in her old age. And Elizabeth's, um, uh, John, who was in Elizabeth's um, womb at the time, jumped for joy when Mary came. They're the verses just before. And as uh, Elizabeth expounds what a great joy it is that Mary is present with her, Mary responds in this song. And I think it's, a, it's an ancient hymn, but it's this song. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and, the spi- and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations, all generations, will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their innermost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones and lifted up the humble. He has filled 
the hungry with good things, but sent the rich away empty. He has helped the servant, his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. We see here that at the very beginning of Mary's story, all she has is had the angel visit and do the proclamation that if she was willing, she would bear the Son of God. That's all she's had. We don't even know at this stage whether she's pregnant. It doesn't really say. It doesn't say the moment in the Scriptures. I assume that she is because when she uh, comes upon Elizabeth, it says that uh, Elizabeth's baby was filled with the Spirit and that the presence of God is there. So it's quite a high possibility that Mary was a child at this. But she's at the very beginning of her story. She hasn't had a bump show. She doesn't know what's go- how God's going to do what God's going to do. All she's had is a visit from an angel saying, this is what I'm going to do. And in that, she chooses to rejoice. She just uh, chooses to look at uh, what God is starting to do and focus on that. She rejoices that God will use her to fulfill the promise. She's not really worried how God is going to fill the promise. She's just thankful that she can be a part of it. She recognizes that whatever God is going to do, it's going to be a blessing for the generations. And she acknowledges that God is God throughout the ages, that he is the one who is about his plan and who keeps his promises from Abraham all the way down through. So the joy of hope is taking those first signs that God is at work, those first uh, looks at, at flowers on the apricot tree and saying, I'm going to focus on the first sign instead of worrying about the whole picture. It's the first signs that God is at work. It's the signs that that help us uh, produce uh, a growing anticipation and hope within our lives. One of the things that uh, we've been doing here as we've seen people come to faith is as a staff, we, we, we uh, start to identify who we see God at work in. And, and so at a, at a staff meeting, we'll be going, okay, just we, we talk to each other, who do we see God at work in in our life? And we, we, don't, we don't need to see the whole picture about how God is going to work in that people, uh, th- those people's lives. We just need the first sign. And some of the staff will go, well, I think, I think um, let's pick a name that nobody would know. Beatrice's life, I think God's at work in Beatrice. And we go, fantastic. Now, this person hasn't come to faith. This person uh, is not showing any uh, a sign that uh, God is 
active, all, all we're starting to see is some, some buds on the tree. And we go, let's pray for that. Because our hope rises at the first signs and our joy starts to overflow at the first signs that God is at work. Now, if we concentrated on what isn't happening, we would miss all the good things that are happening. And that's the problem we can fall in as people of faith, is we can look at all the, the, the bad things that are happening, all the things that God has not fulfilled yet, that we miss the first signs that God is at work to begin with. And Mary in this story could have had all kinds of issues if she focused on what God wasn't doing or what God hadn't yet done instead of what God was doing. She could have thought, oh, hang on a minute. Me being unwedded and being pregnant is going to do a little bit of damage to my reputation. She could have gone, oh, hang on a minute. How am I going to tell my fiancé that I'm pregnant? Hang on a minute. I'm way too young to have this responsibility of bearing the Son of God. She could have been focusing on all the things that were going wrong, all the things that potentially could have uh, sidetracked it instead of focusing on the joy and the hope that she was going to bear the Son of God. I don't know about you, but sometimes I can fall into that trap of getting so worried about what God hasn't done yet or so sidetracked of all the buts and, and what-ifs that I can miss the joy of stepping into the fact that God is at work and that God is doing something, even if it's incredibly small. She had so many reasons not to enter into the joy, but she decided to focus on rejoicing even though she didn't have the big picture and she didn't know the full story. And so for us, it's the same. We can get sidetracked. We can allow the issues of what's happening in our life stop us from focusing on that, that, that part of life that God wants to grow within us. Because God always starts small. God always starts uh, in a small thing to, and let it grow. And if we miss it, we can miss out on the joy that God wants to grow within our lives because we're so con concentrating on what isn't happening that we're missing what is. Mary's, Mary focuses on it, and in fact, you know, the song sort of describes her bursting forth in rejoicing God and that God is in work. Is Mary's life going to be messy from here on in? Yes, it is. Is it going to work out the way that she hoped and planned her life was going to work out? No, it's not. Did she think that did she think it all through and, and want God to have all the ducks in a row? No, she didn't. But what she chooses to do is to birth forth in song. So I want to 
bring out of that passage just a couple of things that we can do if we find ourselves distracted by all the all the circumstances and all the potential of what the future may bring instead of focusing on the joy of what God has for us so if you feel like you're distracted and you can't find the joy then these are some things for you First of all, we see that Mary presses into the things that God is doing. She, um, she doubles down, if you like, on the fact that God has given her a promise that she's going to bear the son. She doesn't know how it's going to happen. She just knows that one day she's going to wake up and discover that she's pregnant. But she was all in. And her first response was to, to praise God that God was choosing to do a work in her. So, so she just let everything else go and she says, I'm just going to praise you that you're doing this one thing. Sure, the rest is going to be uh, uh, uncomfortable. Sure, the rest is going to be uncertain. But I'm going to just praise you that you are at work. I'm going to praise you that you're doing something. I'm going to praise you that you've spoken to me. I'm going to praise you that you've given me some direction. I'm going to praise you that I see a sign of life where there was not life before. And I'm not going to worry about that person in my life who have been praying to come to faith and all the issues that they have. I'm going to concentrate on the one thing that I see that God is in and I'm going to double down and pray into it. I'm going to praise God that he's at work even in the smallest way. The second thing we see Mary at work here as she does, goes through this song is she lets go of the assumptions of how God is going to fulfill things. She had no idea what the plan was but you can see that she just lets go of her understanding of how God should answer God's promises to her. She just lets it go. And all she does is, I I am blessed, and I'm going to be blessed for generations. Don't know how, that's God's job. Don't know how it's going to work out, that's God's job. I don't know how it's all going to come together, because that's God. And she just lets go of the assumption that she has to be in control of the things that God is doing. that's the hardest thing for us isn't it to let go and let God do what God wants to do and just focus on what he's doing when we've got so many things crowding around us so many what ifs in our life so many broken relationships so many struggles to trust that God is going to fulfill his promises his way and not yours. The whole Christmas story, in fact, the whole story of Jesus is God fulfilling his promises to the world, God's way, and not the way that the smart people thought he was going to do it. And then lastly, she remembers the character of God, and I've spoken to you about this before, 
She remembers who God is and what he's about and what his plan is. He remembers, she remembers that he is a God who is faithful, who fulfills the promises, who lifts up the humble and brings down the rich, who wants to renew and restore people's lives. She remembers the character of God. And so if you find yourself being sidelined and struggling to rejoice in what God is doing in your life, if you're feeling like life is crowding you in <clears throat> and there are so many issues, so many relationship problems, so many uh, problems, focus on the thing that God is at work on. Give up your assumptions on how God is going to answer it and remember that God is faithful and that God will do it. That's what we learned from Mary this morning. And so I want to encourage you, don't miss what God is doing in your life. However small, don't miss it. Don't miss it in the turmoil. Don't miss it in, in the struggle. Don't miss it in the aggravation. Don't miss the fact that God is at work in you. Because if you miss that, you miss the opportunity for God to grow joy within your heart and within your soul. You miss the opportunity to see God birth a new thing within you. You miss the opportunity for that joy to overflow and to come out over your problems and to provide a new way forward. There's a joy in hope when we start to see the first buds of God doing something in your life. And if you have the Spirit of God inside of you, those buds are there. Because God is there. So this morning, no matter what your circumstance is, no matter what your struggle is, look for the signs of God at work and rejoice in those. Will you stand with me? Just close your eyes and we're simply going to pray for you as uh, for you to, to really focus in on what God is doing inside of you. Let's pray. Loving God, I, I know there are people in this room who are struggling and I pray for them right now that you'll hold them close in this really difficult time. I know, Lord, that there are relationships that are broken. There are finances that are a struggle. I know, Lord, that there are pressures from the outside that are pushing in, trouble that we didn't ask for that finds itself on our doorstep. And I pray for all those people right here now, Lord. Birth within them, Lord. The eyes to see where you are at work in their life. Lord, give them the ability to see 
that you are with them, that you will never forsake them. And as they concentrate, Lord, on the thing that you're doing, will you birth within them a wonderful joy, an unnatural joy, a a beautiful joy, so that they can take the next step, the next uncertain step, with the promise and the hope that can only come from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.